Welcome, everyone. I'm Sandra Bargeman. A few years ago, I wrote and performed a solo show called The Edge of Every Day, which was an exploration of the rough edges and contradictions we all face and grapple with. The show hit a nerve, and the relevance of the topic would only grow over time more than I could have foreseen. So, here we are. Real talk with real people, sharing stories and perspectives that spark provocative invitations to leap out of what's safe. On the edge of every day. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. We are live in the hive. Thank you for joining me on this, the 14th episode of The Edge of Every Day, here on talkradio.nyc. We've started this new year recommitted to courageous conversations and recharged to face what awaits in 2022. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, and for those of you who don't know me yet, I encourage you to check out my bio on talkradio.nyc, or of course you can visit my website, sandrabargeman.com, or tune in to any of my previous episodes. In a nutshell, this show is about celebrating triumphs, pushing boundaries, and exploring rough edges. Through conversations and shared stories with friends and colleagues, it's my hope that we can begin to understand our edges. And what I mean by edges is those places where we are fearful, those places where we are resistant to change, those places where paradoxes and contradictions live in our beliefs and our understandings, both about ourselves and the world around us, those places where we don't want to look. We live in turbulent times. We are reassessing and reshifting, and we are coming to understand that life isn't black or white. It's an embrace of both. And the more we recognize our own edges and get real about them, the more we can help others to do the same. And that, I fully believe, can help to change the world. So thanks for tuning in. And without further ado, it's time to introduce our guest this evening. Lori Ostrovsky is a motivational speaker, author, certified business coach, and communications consultant with clients including IBM, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Fodor's Travel, Liz Claiborne's domestic violence awareness program, Women's Work, Microsoft, and the Girl Scouts of the USA, just a few. Lori runs her own coaching business, Simply Leap LLC, and she is the founder of Hudson Valley Women in Business, a community that boasts over 3,000 members and is a welcoming space for seasoned and aspiring business owners and all women and people of gender minorities, inclusive of race, class, and ability, to lean on and learn from one another. She is the author of two books. Her memoir, written in 2013, I'm Scared and Doing It Anyway, and Simply Leap, Seven Lessons on Facing Fear and Enjoying the Crap Out of Your Life, which she wrote in 2016, and includes client success stories and helps the reader to forge their own path of reinvention. 
She is also the founder of the Hug Tour Movement. Welcome, Lori. Thank you so much, Sandra. Oh, it's great to see you. Thanks for coming on. I love that, the Hug Tour. I can't <laughs> wait to dive in on, on that. But first, I want to share how I met you, because um, I like to do that. Um, you and I have not met in person, but we have met online. Um, it was um, probably a few months. It was summer of 2020. It was after the pandemic had started. And the shock of the pandemic had worn off for me. The shock of all of my work going poof, my weddings going poof, my theater work going poof. Um, I had rented out my apartment in, in New York City, which is where I'm, I'm beaming in from today. Um, since we had lost power upstate. Um, but I, the, the, the reality of the situation had finally landed for me by the time I found Hudson Valley um, Women in Business and was really unsure about how I was going to be in community and, um, and discovered, um, I, you know, how was I going to make money um, when those streams had gone poof and wanted to network with other people and boom I found you on Facebook and joined and you had this fantastic meet and greet for uh, via Zoom for the new members and we could all chat with one another and say what we did so that was glorious and so my first question to you is in relation to um, just how warm and welcoming you were and what jumped out at me doing, I love this part of, the, the, of doing a podcast, is getting to check in on everything that my guests have done to dive into research. And I loved that you had, this, this was what you had shared on uh, a couple of places, was author, business coach, and hugger. <laughs> I loved that. I just, and, and that that was before I knew about your um, hug project, um, hug tour movement, hug That's tour right. movement, yeah, <laughs> hashtag baby, and and I thought, my goodness, that speaks volumes to me about your warmth and your invitational style. So tell us quickly about mm. what was the movement? What when did you create this? Uh, so I was living in Washington D.C. Um, and had gone through a really difficult breakup and uh as as one does uh felt really lonely in a city that was still fairly new to me and um and had a few friends that that reached out with care and love and um i wanted to repay that back um and wasn't quite sure and then as uh as messages arrived to us i happened to be watching uh television it was back when um oprah's uh network first came out own um and maya angelou was being interviewed and she's like my size on the screen coming back at me and she said you have to give what you have to give 
And, you know, when Maya says something, you listen. You do it. Like, yep, whatever you said, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) how can this be easy? I'm like, I can hug people. Why don't I hug people I care about? So I announced on uh, Twitter, I think at the time that was that was what I was doing then. But I I announced on Twitter and Facebook. All right, I'm walking around D.C. If I know you, I'm going to stop by your office. It was a Tuesday afternoon. I'm going to stop by your office. I'm going to meet you at a coffee shop. And uh, yeah, and people responded. And so I, you know, what started as something really personal, people really responded to. And what I noticed as a business owner was that even when I had business meetings after that point, people would ask me about hugs first. And so the reason, so, you know, uh, talking about kind of the business ownership side of things, um, the reason why it's on my email signature and my business cards is because I realized that that somehow exactly what you said spoke to who I am as a coach and what I bring even to the rooms where I speak. Um, And so putting that out there was also encouraging people to, to own, you know, how they care about people. Yeah. And to share it, and 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 that that too is business. That we have this idea of, and of course that makes me think about women, women doing business differently, um, which we'll get into later. But but yeah, it goes hand in hand. And, and the glowing testimonials on your website is completely tells that story. Your warmth, your your help, and your caring way of getting people to their inner truth. It's just one after the other. And we'll get into her business a little bit later. But I want to start with your book now, Um, Mm -hmm. your first book, Scared and Doing It Anyway. Love that title. I'm scared and doing it. Go, girl. (laughs) You're ready to go. You know, one should have that, right? So, yes. yes. (laughs) Can I get a a signed copy? You bet. Thank you. Any of your, your, your listeners, I'm happy to... Oh, share a signed copy. That would be fun. Thank you. That's terrific. Look to my point, my hugger point. Um, <laughs> love the title. So, in this book, you detail. Uh, tell us the story of what you detail in that book. You know, yeah, a little sure, bit of so. your life leading up to it. The the this hospital epic moment and how it, this changed the course of your life. Yeah, sure. So. Um, uh, so I was, uh, so I work with A students and I am an A student. So, uh, an A student to me, let me say first is someone who is pretty comfortable in third grade where the rules were very specifically laid out and you knew exactly what was required to get a gold star or an A or a pat on the back or whatever you needed. It didn't mean that you necessarily got an A. It means that you enjoyed the structure of and living within that and kind of you know oh, rules um so can relate i uh as an adult i have that you know tendency and in my 20s i was climbing the corporate ladder uh making my parents very proud um and uh and doing work i was uh, working in marketing at the time in the city in new york city and um kind of unhappy about it but not quite sure about what to do next and um, the, the day I was actually planning to quit my job, uh, to figure out what's next, I had a doctor's appointment and luckily I had the doctor's appointment before I quit my job because in the doctor's office, I found out that what I thought was an ear infection was actually a brain tumor. Uh, so there I am 28, uh, not at all what I expected my life to be. Um, and 
like so many of us um, who have had moments where the path we thought we were on took a turn we couldn't have imagined, um, that that was my moment. So, you know, and from that moment on, um, I really reassessed kind of the path that I was on. And and what helped me reassess it more uh, was was being in the hospital. So I um, ended up having, it was, a, it was a benign brain tumor that was the size of a golf ball uh, behind my right inner ear. And um, three surgeries later, uh, a month in the hospital and three um, surgeries. Yeah. And, and meningitis. So I was also hallucinating at one point with my uh, head swollen. So, I mean, I can laugh now because I'm on the other side of it, but it was, um, you know, something Very you never scary. want um, to have happened to someone you care about, uh, let alone yourself. And um, what I realized as I was in the hospital was um, how important how I viewed what was possible, how I viewed my own health and my own role from within a hospital bed, a place where um, we feel our weakest and our least in control. There are a few things I still had control of. And, and it was in one particular moment uh, that really, um, that I realized how much I could still control my own health and my own um, healing from within that hospital bed. Um, and, and it was also a point when I realized all the things I thought I was scared of as an A student, like disappointing people I care about or on um, failing or getting something wrong, uh, you know, wrong, um, wasn't as scary as the real life things. And so the, I'm scared and doing it anyway was really born. And um, the work that I'm doing now, uh, helping people recognize how much power they have to affect change in their lives. And it's not the minutia, it's, it's the directionality, the intentionality that we bring to things, um, even Absolutely. in the powerless moments. Oh my God, yeah. Well, this is like the quintessential the edge of everyday story is that, you know, you, you are faced with something so scary that you have to embrace it and move through it. And then, you know, like your, the wonderful title of your business, Simply Leap. So did you, what was the process for you um, coming to terms with connecting the dots of I uh, this scares me to death. I need to, to to make some big changes in my life. Mm -hmm. This, you know, now that you know, I'm. I would hesitate to say, you know, I'm laying in the hospital bed and I realize I have to become a business coach. Um, I'm sure it didn't uh, actually, happen quite like it's that. It's not. It's not unlike that. So I had already yeah. had a coach uh, myself before uh, a year or so before. Um, and I had taken a sabbatical, the only the first person in my organization to ever ask for one. And I'd had a coach <laughs> that helped me negotiate that powerfully. Fabulous. And so um, I'm going to have to interrupt you. Okay. My apologies. I just see that we are going because because I don't want you to get too far into the story. We have to go to break, okay. but we will pick it up when we get back with Lori Ostrovsky on the edge of every day. Stay tuned. 
Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. On the edge of every day with Laurie Ostrovsky. So we're going to pick it back up where you you were talking about your coach and. Yeah. So, um, so a a year before my tumor, I was actually on a sabbatical, six week sabbatical in Europe and uh, that I had negotiated because no one had ever asked for one before. And I was working with a coach at the time that said, why can't you ask for something that no one has asked for before? Um, And it was, I mean, it was an incredible experience. And, uh, and, and what she'd said at the time actually was that I might want to consider coaching that, that I, you know, that maybe that was something I'd want to think about, put it in the back of my mind, went on with my life. Uh, Then this drastic uh, turn happened. And in the hospital, when I was like, you know, I, there's, there's so much more to life. The things that I was afraid of are so not scary when you face the real scary things, um, is when I decided that maybe coaching, you know, you know, maybe, maybe I'll try that. You know, if I could really help people recognize, how much power we're setting on based on what we think is possible, the words that we use, who we surround ourselves with, like just these simple things, but incredibly foundational things. Um, Mm. And and I kind of had that sense based on what I was experiencing in my life at that moment, Um, you know, how small my life got in that moment and clarifying um, that that was when, uh, so within a year of my diagnosis, I was in a coaching program and, um, 
launched my business uh, within, you know, a year after that and uh, built it from there. So yeah, so I'm, I'm on year, I think 16 of that business. Wow. Um, after my surgery. I love it. So, yeah. Well, that's a great way to seg into it. But I did want to, uh, reading that you lost your hearing, you lost your balance and you lost your hearing. And yeah. I thought, gosh, the symbolism of that. Yeah. What am I not yeah. listening to? I mean, extraordinary symbolism. Um, yeah, it was, you know, so interesting because it's, um, so it's my right, it's my right ear and, um, and my right ear was my stronger ear was the ear that I would lean in and listen, you know, you know, when a friend is talking and you really, yeah. really want to hear what they have to say yeah. and you lean in. And it was right after those surgeries, when a conversation like that would happen, I'd forget and lean in with that ear again. And it's so interesting, right? Because it forces you, you know, I was kind of forced, my whole body was forced to like, I'm right, right handed and everything, like kind of move in the other direction. Like, well, how do you, how do you do everything with your, you know, obviously I can use both hands still, but like, you know, kind of reorienting it was just really interesting. Um, and I've also lost um, sensation in, in half my face. So uh, it's, it, you know, so it, there was another thing that I had to kind of face, literally face, which is that I looked differently than I did before the surgeries. And it's the kind of thing I have to say, I don't know if this is an A student thing or maybe, you know, uh, just uh, whatever, something that we face, but it was, it was um, one of the hardest things, which was oh, sure. the, the, the part that you could see, or I felt that other people could see. Um, because especially at the time, actually, I had, um, uh, my facial nerve had, I had a paralysis. And so this whole side wouldn't even like respond, respond. you know? So, um, so yeah, so it was, yeah, it was, it was just this, like my eyes would blink separately and my face would smile separately. So it was, it was this, um, the thing that you can't hide is the thing that you most have to look at and to show and to accept about yourself. The thing that you can't, you can't just like, let me figure it out over here. It's like, oh no, people can. Well, can and see it becomes it. like your superpower too. I mean, you yeah, know, it, it took a while. It took a while yeah. for it to feel that way. But yeah, as you can but, imagine. But it got you connected to the thing, you know, I just had somebody on a Jungian analyst got you connected to this shadow side of, you know, I don't want to show this. I don't want to present myself this way. I don't want people to see this. And yet the power of that, the vulnerability of that. And that makes me think of you talking about you, you really share often that you're this introvert, which I loved. I love that you just, you know, and, and people would never expect me to be an introvert, but I am indeed as well. And so this notion of stepping, <laughs> yeah, right, stepping forward through all of that, and that's like a superpower too. Yeah. You know, I'm sure it's that introverted quality that, you, that helps you bring so much sensitivity to the work that you do. Yeah, I, well, and I like that you, you mentioned vulnerability because that's what it is. It's mm. that for us to feel connected, and actually this connects the community piece that we're going to talk about too. Yeah. For us to feel connected, somebody has to go first. Somebody has to vulnerably put something out there. Um, and you see the memes and the 
celebrities and the conversations that are most compelling, it is because someone has been willing and brave. Courageous enough to, to be vulnerable. To go first. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. David White, the poet David White, who works with business yeah. leaders, to yeah. adore him. I mean, that's his number one thing. You know, you just, you can't have a courageous conversation unless you're willing to be vulnerable. Yeah. Period. But okay. And sometimes so I we're want to. I, <laughs> <laughs> right. Sometimes we're um, pushed off that edge, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> Well, life has a funny way of doing that and pushes you off the edge. That's a perfect seg into Simply Leap. I love that name for your business. I know there's a story around choosing that name. Can you share that with our listeners? Well, what I want to say about about Simply Leap is that um, I would say the the simple part is is kind of important. So the the leap, most, most of us think that we need to be ready to leap, that... It's like this, and it's that it's big, that it's like, yes, now, I'm ready, you know? And most of us aren't ready. Let's just be honest, you know? Right, either kicking and screaming, whatever, dragged. You know? And and that there, um, there are subtle elements and steps that lead to most of the leaps that we make. There is mm. a change in mindset. There is a realization. There's like a light bulb that goes off that we can't turn back off. Once you see it, you have to do something about it. There's this acknowledgement of my life isn't the way it looks, the way I want it to be. My work isn't fulfilling and work is too important to me not to have it be fulfilling. There's these realizations that I think are the, the smaller, subtler steps that lead mm. to the leap. Um, and I also um, think that there are two two main camps of, of leapers. One are I'll leap first and I'll figure it out once I get there while I'm freaking out, which is me. Yeah. Because if I think too much about something, I'm never going to do it. Um, if I oh ask more than three questions about something, I'm done. Like It's not going to happen. I might as well move on to something else. I know. If I just say yes... I am going to freak out. I 100% I will freak out, but at least I'll have already said it out loud. So I'll have to keep going. And I like, I already set the deadline. I already told people when that book was going right. to come out, I got to do it. Um, so that there, there's that kind of leap. And then there's the, I'm going to work my way to it. I'm going to have a plan. And I love those people. Some of those people hire me as their coach, which is great. <laughs> I can help them build a plan. Uh, but if you're leaping and figuring it out, I'm right there with you and can totally, <laughs> you know, totally help help those people too. But I really think that, you know, kind of leaps come in so many different, different size sizes and styles and that subtlety those mm. that that simply part that those subtle pieces are so important to the leaps that we make oh my goodness yeah well you uh, the person that can't think about it too much i'm that that person too so dive in and but it also speaks to the uh, the a student you know, if you think about it too much, then the perfectionistic good girl, good daughter, all that comes back in, comes sweeping right. back in and gets in the way. And, you know, enough. Now I'm just going to dive. So so walk us through what kind of um, the clients that come to now, we're going to talk about um, Hudson Valley women in business, but you work with obviously anyone who, you know, both men mm -hmm. and women um 
what is how do you work with your clients? What's a a, a typical client? I mean, everyone's different, of course, but is there sort of an overarching type of person that comes that seeks you out that you attract your skill set attracts and draws in? Sure. Um, yeah. I, well, I tend to work with women. I have uh, male clients, but I, I tend to work mm -hmm. with women. And um, the majority of folks are A students, like, you know, enjoy that structure. Kind of the the frustration with being a third grade A student is, um, is that adult life does not have that clear cut path. Um, I don't know the three rules I'm supposed to live by, and I'm kind of looking for them <laughs> everywhere. Um, but uh, but it's um, it's that kind of thing that you know that that bonds us. There's a good number of introverts. That isn't a requirement either. But usually, what it is is that you've reached a point in your career in your pre professional life where you could keep succeeding. But it doesn't mean the same thing that it was before. Most yeah. of us are carried along in our careers because um, we win accolades, praise, what have you. And that kind of carries us whether we like it or not until we reach a point where it's like, gosh, I could, I could keep doing this. I see the people in front of me, and I, but I don't really feel fulfilled. It's not making the kind of difference I want to. And I don't know what the next thing is, or I yeah. don't know how, like the other door, the next door hasn't opened yet. The next best step. Yes, indeed. Well, that's a perfect spot for us to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to finish that thought and we're going to dive into this incredible community that you have created, Hudson Valley Women in Business, with when we come back with Lori Ostrovsky on the edge of every day. Stay tuned, everyone. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Chipping around, kick my brain to the ground. These are the days it never rained. But it falls. 
And we are back with Lori Ostrovsky, simplyleap.com. That is her business website. It's filled with fantastic information, information about her two books, where you can get them, testimonials galore of all of her well-served clients, mm -hmm. well-served and happy clients. So is there... Um, any bow you want to put on on the the clientele that you're working with before we dive into Hudson Valley women in business? Uh, I guess just what I was saying before about how most of the folks I work with are professionals who are already successful in their careers. Right. And All so right. this is a matter of whether it's in the corporate world or owning their own business already that it's they're already good, but something is missing. And it's like, if I had figured it out, I'd be doing it already. That, that's the A student piece. Like when they figure it out, they just go, right? Like the leaping part, we just go. But like, if you can't figure it out, what do you do? And I think that yeah. that being a it, new It can be right here, but you don't quite have the courage to see it and you need a separate set of eyes, ears, yeah. hands. Someone you trust you to talk to, right? Beyond just friends and family who who support us and believe in us. And and actually that is a segue into the community that I built because most most of us as business owners feel really lonely. It can feel really lonely as an owner because even though you have supportive family and friends, hopefully, who believe in you, they're like, we believe in you doing that thing over there that I don't really understand. Um, unless you're another business owner, it um, you don't really understand that kind of pressure that can be on you to be like, at all of my income, my revenue is based on me based on the effort and the ideas and the people I surround myself with and the, the opportunities that I, that I find. And, um, and so, uh, you know, that kind of loneliness really breeds that need that what you're talking about um, earlier about the connection that we need to know we're not the only ones who are going through this or feel this way, it, you know, as a collective, as a, as a world, we felt that in the last two years um, oh, as Lord. business owners, I mean, especially in the last two years, but in general, that uh, business ownership is a is an exciting and yet lonely prospect. Uh, absolutely, completely agree. And the sense of uh, shouldering everything that you, it's all up to you and everything that you generate. It can be daunting. Um, were you somebody that always uh, was e easily built community? Um, I was really shy, uh, you know, besides just being introverted, I was a pretty shy person. I barely spoke in class, like growing up or anything. So it's hysterical that I'm a speaker now and that I am in the front of the room <laughs> at networking events. Like the thing I hate the most, uh, networking events, like talking you can't to can't hate it strangers. anymore. You're so good I'm at it. I'm leading, leading. Like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just really funny how life works that way. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, I guess I always had a couple close friends, uh, mm. but yeah, it was, it was, like I said, pretty shy. I think, um, what, what helped honestly is brain tumor, scary thing about meeting people. So not scary when you have something, whether it's, you know, medical or otherwise that is bigger, it's like, ah, all right, I'll get over the discomfort of meeting new people or talking to strangers and figuring out what to say. 
But I think um, the other thing is finding something that you believe in so much that you're willing to talk about it all the time. And that's <laughs> what I ended up finding. So yeah, yeah. that, that I, I found that first, why I became a speaker is because uh, I realized that what I learned from my brain tumor was, um, was too important not to share with other people. And so that mm. propelled me to go on stage to, to speak in front of uh, groups to, and to write the book. And then what I found around how women do business differently and how, you know, kind of the lonely part of business that is unspoken, you know, and that somebody has to go first and vulnerably first, everything we just talked about. Um, and to say that, and then create, create community that people feel connected when someone says, gosh, doesn't this lonely? Um, it is for you too. Okay, let's figure it out together. So, um, so that compelled me to talk about it, which created community from that. Um, I, I didn't go in looking to create a community. I created a community by talking about something that I believed so much in. Yes. I could get over myself. <laughs> to talk about <laughs> that's so cool well you so you say women do so this when did you start this i know you you we just got had together our seventh with... anniversary yeah so we, oh, we just right. had our seventh anniversary i did see that congratulations happy anniversary so you you got together with friends and then it's they started bringing friends and it started growing and you got a website and the whole nine yards your women do business differently Let's talk about the pros and the cons of that. I mean, I, I completely relate to that, the, the women's strengths. But, but speak to our listeners about what, what you found. Why do women do business differently? Sure. Um, I think that, that women in general are natural collaborators, collaborators mm -hmm. over competitors. I think we, we want to work together um, and are seeking that out. Um, I think that also, uh, and I would say, you know, this can relate to men as well. This isn't a, you know, of course, you know, only of course. these, these folks. Um, but I would say women in general, um, uh, value and build communities. You're yes, going to see groups of women more than groups of men because women naturally gravitate towards and, and, uh, desire community focused, um, activities. And whether community meaning in the space where they live or in their friend groups or colleague groups. Um, and I also think that women are natural cheerleaders for one another. Um, it's I think I think it's very much in our uh, in our culture now. Thankfully, that and, notion and, of tearing women down. I think we've moved. We're moving beyond we're, it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I hope so. And I I feel very strongly about it. And actually, you know, our community is really founded on that idea of how powerful it is when we work together. That there is plenty of work for everybody if we're working together to to improve improve all of our pricing, to improve our confidence, to talk about sales skills and marketing knowledge and share the best accountant or designer that we've worked with. You know, the the more the more I'm succeeding and sharing that knowledge, the more you'll succeed too, that there's there's something, mm. there's an opportunity for all of us. Um, and I think that I would say also about the cheerleading piece that 
um, that sometimes it can be a little safer or less vulnerable to cheer on somebody else, like, like, or refer somebody else's business, like, oh my God, you should totally buy from them. They're awesome. And, and it feels a little, sometimes a little like, um, am I supposed to be humble or, or am I good enough to kind of promote myself? And so kind of through cheerleading for one another and referring business to one another, it builds everybody's confidence and skill at communication. Um, uh, and you know, so I, I think that some of those qualities are naturally in many women. And, and I think Mm. that that contributes to how we do business differently. Yeah, the nuances of that is so beautiful. Um, so, in addition, and I, the, uh, I want to talk about your online community, uh, the engagement and the the cheering each other on, um, the cheerleading is is on full display on Facebook. It is so <laughs> fabulous how you manage. So you have a Facebook group on. Um, Hudson Valley women in business and in it's in for members only and Mm -hmm. the interactive quality of it. I've never witnessed a Facebook group that is so engaging, so full of upliftment and women, as you said, referring each other. So, uh, and lifting each other and, and sharing who they're purchasing from and helping each each other other find referrals. Yeah. I'm sorry. Say that again. Buying from each other. And buying from each you other. You are making indeed. more money the more active you are in that community. And I think that that's, that's an amazing thing. So how do you manage that? I mean, how, 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 did, how did that come to be? How did um, the, the, the engagement the, come to be? Yeah. Um, the, well, how, are you in, how did you begin to want to manage that online community? You know, each day you have, you ask great questions, um, but how did that come about? Yeah. So, um, I can answer that in a couple different ways. I would say, uh, logistically it really grew organically that, you know, it started with a couple of us having a drink and over time developed into something. And then I realized, oh, we should have a way to keep in touch with each other when we're not meeting in person once a month, which is what this group originally started as. We would meet once a month as women Got business it. owners, at women at any stage of business ownership. But unlike a chamber, you had to be involved as a business owner because that conversation is just so different. So specific. Um, I actually um, I, was meaning about the Facebook group, but I'm glad yeah. that you're circling back on this. And I would say the the thing that actually makes our Facebook group different, unique, is that from the beginning, I've never said group. I have always called it a community. And when you call something a community, our words are powerful. When you call something a community and you invite someone into a community, you feel ownership. If you are a community member, you feel ownership in that community. When you welcome some, like, hey, friend, join this, join my, our community, Mm. you feel very different about it. And I would say that has a really, really big difference. I always call it the Facebook community or online community because it is about consciously creating connection with one another, leaning on and learning from each other. And that is communicated ongoing in the words that we use and also is reflected back by the members. 
It's so spectacular. Um, as we move into break, the point I, 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 we touched on it a few times in this conversation is the the overwhelming feeling, thanks to COVID, uh, and the isolation of that, that people are absolutely as 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 connected to a desire for community as ever. I have witnessed it in all of my friends. I I struggle, you know, I struggle to create community because I'm such a loner and I'm such an edge walker on other communities that I I don't get involved. And this group is so inspiring. So we're going to go to break and I'm going to ask you when we come back about um, what advice you have for people in terms of how they can be better at building community and we'll get into some of the things that you're looking to create in the future for our last segment on the edge of every day with Lori ostrowski stay tuned join us every tuesday at 4 p.m eastern for the mind behind leadership where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others we have practical discussions with the ceos of some of the world's largest companies owners of small businesses and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, or what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4 p.m. every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Chipping around, kick my brain to the ground. These are the days it never rained. But it pours on the edge of every day. And we are back with Laurie Ostrowski. So... What advice or what um, tips or what what can what can you share with people who are looking to join communities, build communities, even entrepreneurship? Um, what advice can you what giveaways can you give to our listeners right now? Yeah, I think it's about um, for for me anyway. Uh, it is less about the community itself and more about finding something you feel passionately about. Mm. Um, and what we said earlier several times about sharing things vulnerably. Um, mm. Community is really founded based on uh, a strong belief and uh, passion that you're you're willing to, to stand behind and stand with for a while. Um, 
and uh, communicating that out in the world. Um, I went searching for community when I moved uh, back to the Hudson Valley from Washington, D.C. and mm. worked from home. And when you work from home, it's, you know, you don't know anybody oh. else. You have to create your own colleagues like, you you know, you would in an office. Um, I went looking for something and the that I solved my own problem is actually a pretty often, you know, normal way for folks to create businesses. Often we solve our own problem by, uh, you know, the, the, the product that we've designed or the service that we've built. And that was really what was true for me. So I would say for, for, for folks who are interested in, in building community, I would look at the things that you're most wanting to bring into your life or that you feel really strongly about and build from there. Find the other folks who feel that way too and and see where the conversation takes you. Um, I didn't know our community would look this way until I listened to the folks that were coming to events that uh, and and what was on their mind. Um, those that's how we come up with topics every month. You know, it's it's what's happening in our community, what's happening around the people who are important to me, who are interested in these things um, and naming that. I actually think mm. it's really important to name things, to name the fact that this is a community, um, to name the issue or name the vulnerability uh, to go first. Community gets built to me around that. Oh, it's. That is just delicious, absolutely delicious. So it's Hudson Valley Women, um, Hudson Valley Women in Business dot com is the website. Um, and again, Lori's uh, her website is simply leap dot com. So there's um, three ways, three levels that you can be involved in community for those people who are listening in from the Hudson Valley region that, that want to be a part of this, thinking of this in terms of specifically getting involved rather than just a conversation around creating community. Yeah. Um, there's three ways that you can be involved. Um, and they do online events, in-person events, coffee, coffee gatherings with members. Um, uh, what Ooh, has I'm not in this new space. It's a little setup is a little different. <laughs> what? Um, how has um, how has COVID shown you where this community? What what has COVID or even what's going on politically and in, in our very divided times? What has that shown you about how to maintain community? What have you learned about that with, with some of the, the difficulties of COVID and potentially the difficulties politically and yeah, polarizations are, that we're going through? Yeah. Um, that uh, at the core, there are things that we have in common and to start there. Of course. Um, all the things that we've talked about, vulnerability, desire for connection, um, uh, that uh, collaboration will breed success. Uh, th those are core beliefs. And yes. gathering around our core beliefs is 
the only way to move forward as far as I can tell. Um, And I think how we're seeing, you know, what organizations and what countries are are navigating this the best is likely some of those same core beliefs and values. Um, oh, completely. So, so I'm doubling down on those <laughs> personally, <laughs> um, emotionally, spiritually, and well, we have uh, to. I think in our community um, as well. I am communicating those as as much as I can. And and when the when COVID originally you know began, I was in our community every week uh, going live, which is a comfort zone for me, but I felt like people need to hear a voice and needed to hear that they were not alone and in it with others that were in it together. We talk about that all the time that we're in it together. Um, And, and so I, I wanted to say something about that as well, that we, we realized that as a community, um, that we could be online. We actually didn't know we could be online. We were mostly doing in-person events. We had never been on Zoom before. Like many organizations, we learned that we're actually really powerful on Zoom. So we're, because because the Hudson Valley, we have folks uh, from New York City as well. It's so big that we have kind of three hour differences between uh, where folks are located. But on Zoom, you can be in the same room with folks you'd never normally meet in person. So we're actually now doing hybrid. We're going back to some in person, but we're keeping Zoom and we're welcoming. We have farther friends, which is a a new level of our community for folks who are based in New York in the city um, with maybe second places or once in a while they're coming up to the Hudson Valley. Absolutely. That that is another membership level for us. And I'm actually talking to folks in other cities, in fact, uh, who are looking to create similar communities, maybe of women business owners or, or another, um, uh, you know, kind of kind of uh, group that they're looking to create mostly women business owners or who I I get called by um, and and to consult on creating those kind of communities and their other places because we we need them. And uh, shockingly, they don't really exist. They exist online, but in person and regionally based is is still a fairly new concept. And and I love having conversations about that. Fabulous. Groundbreaking. Absolutely. Again, the website is Hudson Valley Women in Business dot com. And I'm sure that um, in your second book, um, uh, Simply Leap, <laughs> Here it is. Again. This is, this oh, is my own copy. So it actually, when I give readings, it's already marked for where, you know, what, what segments I read from. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, and, and that tells the story of, you know, the clients that you've worked with, success stories and how you like to, um, how you like to navigate your work in that, in that category. So again, it's simply leap. You can find both of those books there, where to purchase them. So what's next for you? We have three minutes left. What is next? What's your leading edge, Lori? What's up coming up for you? Yeah. um, I, uh, well, I wrote another book. It's not out yet, but it's definitely, it's about this topic. It's about how women do business differently. And, and in particular kind of, three areas that I think we need to look at the most in order to succeed. And that's um, mindset, money, and marketing. So uh, how we think about ourselves and the, the business or the, you know, the career that we're building, 
Um, how we think about treat money and treat ourselves around money is a really big one. How we manage it and pay attention to it or avoid it. Um, and then marketing is about putting yourself out there. And that is, ah, that is vulnerable and, uh, yeah. And pesky because we have to do it. Um, really uncomfortable. So, uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm toying with how to release that, like whether I release it in parts or as a program or as a full book. So that's, that's kind of on my mind right now and and in this year, um, Mm. and, uh, and getting some feedback on those, those parts. Fabulous. Yeah. Well, do uh, is again, I'm going to give your website simply leap. (laughs) And Hudson Valley Women in Business.com. Uh, my website, SandraBargeman.com. And you can find um, also find me at talkradio.nyc for the replay of this wonderful conversation and all of our past episodes. Uh, Lori, I'm going to let you, we've got one minute left, uh, let you give any last statements to our audience. Yeah. So. Um, I want you to know that no matter what is happening in your life right now or in the world, that you still are holding on to a lot of power. And that power is not what you perhaps think it is, but it is in the words that you tell yourself, the things that you tell yourself, the words that you say out loud to other people, uh, the people that you surround yourself with and the words that they uh, reflect back to you. And ultimately, the decisions that you make based on those beliefs and and based on those words, um, that has incredible power around what happens next in your life, uh, in your business, in your career, and in our world. Um, So I encourage you to to take, take control of those things that you really do have power of. Amen. Beautiful. Beautifully stated. Thank you, Lori. And thank you so much for spending this hour with me. Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you, Sandra. Complete and utter pleasure. (laughs) And for those of you listening in, also, thank you for spending this hour with us. Remember, we are always at the edge of the miraculous. Until next week, take good care. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 